It's crossover Thursday time here on the Locked on Giants podcast as Kevin Ostriker, host of the Locked on Ravens podcast, and I get you ready for this weekend's Giants-Ravens game at MetLife Stadium. That's coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a crossover Thursday between both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants. I'm Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens. Here with me is Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants. Thank you so much for making both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants your first listen of the day here. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And today's episode of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Price Picks rejection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive an 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. And Patricia, I am excited for this matchup. You have the 4-1 and one Giants, 3-2 and two Ravens. This is a matchup that I think is going to be a good one and closer than some people anticipate. Yeah, it's the Wink Martin revenge game. I mean, Wink's probably going to pl- downplay it. He's probably, you know, going to say, oh, it's just another game, just another, you know, opponent to get ready for. But Wink knows that offense, having practiced against them for a number of years. Um, also, I, I don't know if the reports are true. I, I know the Ravens officially said that it was a mutual a parting of ways, but um, some people say it was more of a firing. So if it was a firing, I have to think Wink's going to be a little bit more uh, amped up than than maybe usually. Right. It's, it's the chess match between Greg Roman and Don Martindale that so many people in Baltimore have anticipated for a while. Which one of the coordinators is going to get the better of the other one? But Patricia, Don Martindale's been doing a pretty good job over there in New York so far. I think many people are happy with what he's been able to do through these first five weeks. I mean, that's a major, major storyline for multiple reasons. You mentioned the revenge factor, but how the Giants performing on defense, I think, makes it even more of a storyline because of the play, the stuff he's gotten out of his players. I mean, what has he done so far with that Giants defense that has you so impressed? He has run a different type of defense for every opponent. So you're not seeing the same thing week in and week out. And what's also pretty impressive is that defense has had some injuries and, and we're talking the key spots, you know, they're down uh, one of their cornerbacks, their starting cornerbacks, Aaron Robinson is on IR. Uh, Aziz Ojolari was missing last week. They've been missing Leonard Williams now for a couple weeks, but yet somehow, some way, Wink figures out a way to, you know, get the guys, the next man up, if you will, to play at the level he needs them to. And he adjusts. And I tell you, you know, having sat through how many years of bad football where I just kept saying, God, I wish we had coaching. We've got it now here in Giants country. And I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled with the creativity, uh, you know, just how he's putting guys in the right position to do things um, to their strengths. And, and boy, has it made a difference. And I think we're talking about this Giants team, Patricia, looking at the actual defensive stats. While their rush defense net yards per attempt hasn't been spectacular, they have a top 10 pass defense right now. And I think it's really working for them to be able to put out different personnel looks, different packages. And I, Bob Martindale is one of the brightest football minds that you can have. And I think his combination with Brian Dable and that coaching staff is, is incredible. But I think 
when you're talking about storylines, I mentioned the run defense for the Giants. Well, the run defense for the Ravens hasn't been necessarily particularly great this year. Either the Giants are 27th, the Ravens are 26th right now. Saquon Barkley has been a player that I know we have talked about, you and I, on Locked on NFL. I want to take that over here to our crossover because he's a player that I will say I proudly invested plenty of fantasy stock in, and that has been paying off for me so far. But this does seem like Saquon Barkley is back. And for me, the storyline for the Ravens is, look, you know what Saquon Barkley can do. Make someone else beat you if you're the Ravens. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, what a godsend he's been. Now, yesterday on my show, I had Eli Manning on, and I asked him about Saquon and what he's what he does for an offense and how he helps the quarterback out. Besides the obvious, you know, now he takes some of the onus off of the quarterback having to throw, you know, a hundred times a game or so, it seems. But Saquon, you know, he can draw safeties down, which opens up one-on-one opportunities. It opens up play action, and it actually helps the offensive line because now the quarterback can do a little bit more. He can get rid of the ball faster. And you see it in the Giants offense. You see Daniel Jones, um, you know, more play action. You, You don't see him getting pressured as much now that they're getting, you know, the tight ends involved and Barkley involved. And it just makes such for makes for such a big difference. And plus, you know, Saquon, you get him into space and he's got that explosiveness and that, you know, that vision is back. He looks like the guy they drafted in 2018 when he won rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year and uh, had over 2000 all purpose yards. So really a big, big key to this offense and a major building block for this team moving forward. Yeah, and they have the fourth best rushing offense in net yards per attempt this year in Saquon Barkley. Obviously a huge, massive part of that. But Patricia, on the other side of that, the Giants have the 32nd ranked pass offense in terms of net yards per attempt. Now, I think Daniel Jones has looked a lot better than he did over the first couple of years of his career. And I think he has been a part of why the Giants are four and one right now. You have a quarterback battle here between Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones. But I mean, the passing offense, Patricia, what have you seen out of that so far? Yeah, the passing offense, I mean, the receivers have been kind of a disappointment. You know, they thought they were going to get Kenny Galladay to rebound, and he just hasn't. Um, Sterling Shepard is done for the year with a torn ACL, which is unfortunate. Kadarius Tony can't get on the field to save his life, it seems. Wandale Robinson has been sidelined with a knee injury. So they've had to go to guys like Richie James, David Sills, Darius Slayton, you know, not you know, guys that I think a lot of people, if they were drafting for fantasy football, would put on, you know, as their wide receiver one. These guys have been getting the job done when called upon. But but really, you know, the Giants, they've had to improvise. So they've gotten their tight ends more involved in this offense. Matter of fact, I think Daniel has, what, three passing touchdowns, I think it is. I think it's three. Might be a little bit more. But I know the tight ends have the bulk of the, pa- the uh, passing touchdowns or receiving touchdowns, I should say. So, yeah, they've had to work around that and, and uh, you know, definitely going to be a need for the Giants next year. But um, Daniel Jones, I think, against the Packers, I think that was the first week he went through for over 200 yards, which is kind of wild if you think about it. Right. And the Ravens secondary, I think, has found a groove recently. They held Josh Allen to 213 yards passing. Joe Burrow the next week to 217 yards passing. Those are two high-powered offenses. So my thing for the Ravens, again, is if Daniel Jones beats you, Daniel Jones beats you. But just don't let it be Saquon because we know what Saquon can do. And the Ravens, on the other hand, Patricia, they've been a passing offense this year. Lamar Jackson 
system still leads the lead in touchdown percentage. He's been very efficient with the way that he throws the football. But the Ravens are trying to push the ball down the field a little bit. And they are a top 11 pass offense in net yards per attempt. But on the ground, they are a top three rushing offense. And a lot of that does have to do with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is this offense. And with the Ravens dealing with a couple injuries at the wideout position, Rashad Bateman didn't practice on Wednesday. So unclear whether he'll suit up, but everybody moves up a rung on that ladder. And so Devin DuVernay becomes your wide receiver one. Obviously, Mark Andrews is the the number one pass catcher in that Mm -hmm. offense. And I think if you're the Giants, you want to key on on him. And much like I was saying, make someone else beat you, make someone else beat you, but Mark Andrews. But with Lamar Jackson, it's a matter of being able to contain him. And Patricia, I think a big storyline is being able to contain these star players and Lamar Jackson and and for New York, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Lamar Jackson, I would not be surprised if the Giants put a spy on him. I think, you know, a lot of teams do that when they face Lamar Jackson because he can burn you with his legs. So, you don't you want to, you know, force him to beat you with his arm. And, you know, he's, he's a very good passer. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you can take away the running aspect of it, you give yourself more of a fighter's chance of winning the matchup against him. Right. And I think for Lamar, he, there's definitely an emphasis this year on what the Ravens have been able to do, pushing the ball down the field. But a key part of this, and we'll talk a bit, a bit about more of this when we get into the second segment, is the ability for Lamar against the Blitz. He's been a lot better against the Blitz this year. And, and when we're talking about key matchups, you can almost talk about Lamar Jackson versus Don Martindale, and it's a big one. So we'll talk about that in the second segment and more here on both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Giants. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton of content to dive into on both of the respective shows. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about Simply Safe. And here's a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster. This is why so many people trust Simply Safe home security. It's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents. Always have your back so you always know your home is safe. And with 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home and protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. They have HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. And also there are smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdown. NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan to get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants. Kevin Alshaker still here with Patricia Trena. And I kind of teased it in the first segment, Patricia, but what the key matchup, and honestly, this whole matchup goes back to Don Martindale in some way. And I talked about Lamar Jackson and how he's been much better against the Blitz this year. A big storyline for Baltimore last year, that Miami game, right in the middle of the year, where Miami did cover zero, cover zero, cover zero. And the Ravens had no answer on offense. But this year, Lamar Jackson taking the short stuff, which I think is a Blitz beater. When you have six or seven guys coming at you, there aren't as many guys in the offensive backfield to stop that. So throw a quick pass to a receiver, see what he can do in some space. I think when you're talking about the, the Lamar Jackson versus Don Martindale chess match, or even if you want to go Greg Roman versus Don Martindale, beating the blitz is key there, I think, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Don Martindale, it's it's funny. Last week against the Packers, everybody was like, you like to blitz. Aaron Rodgers is going to pick you apart if you blitz him. So how do you strike a balance? Well, Martindale came up with an answer. 
And the answer was to send four. Don't send five. Don't send six. You know, limit the number of times maybe you send a safety or or a cornerback. And lo and behold, guess what? The blitz worked. They were getting pressure. Uh, I should say they were getting pressure with four. So, you know, Martindale exercised patience. You know, would he like to blitz probably more often? Absolutely. But he's also not stupid. He knows that, you know, you live by the, the blitz, you die by the blitz. And, you know, yes, they're going to get burnt here and there, but you can't be reckless in your planning of the blitz. So I think he's going to exercise a similar uh, control, if you will, against Lamar Jackson in that offense um, to try to get home with, with four or fewer, if, if at all possible, just to, you know, collapse that pocket, push that pocket. You know, Dexter Lawrence has been a big, big, and no pun intended, by the way, he's been a big factor in that. This is a guy who so far is playing lights out for the Giants. You know, big defensive tackle, can push the pocket, can get pressure, can move a quarterback off the spot. And really, that's what you want if you're the defense. You want to be able to move the guy off the spot. If you get the sack, great. But as long as you're, you know, forcing him to throw the ball before he's ready, moving him off the spot, I think if you ask Don Martindale if he'll take that, he'll say absolutely. And it's it's so funny you mentioned the Giants getting pressure with four because in Baltimore that was such an issue over the course of Don Martindale's tenure where they just could not find ways to consistently get pressure with four guys. And I know so many people wanted them to get it so and they brought in guys like Calais Campbell and and Derek Wolf. And they still it was and it's still even there's still inconsistencies in terms of the Ravens getting pressure with four. But you mentioned Dexter Lawrence, Patricia. It's funny you mentioned him too, because I think another matchup here is Lawrence first time. Linderbaum in the interior of that Baltimore offensive line that has been really, really good this year. Last year, the offensive line was a mess for the Ravens. So many different combinations. You had Alejandro Villanueva over it. It left tackle and they were rotating guys in and out. But the the guard center guard combination of Ben Powers, Tyler Linderbaum, and former giant Kevin Zeitler, it's been phenomenal. And I think that Lawrence is a player that can definitely pose some problems on the interior. You mentioned how well he's playing this year. For me, it all starts up front for an offense. I always say, regardless of how good your quarterback, your running back, wide receivers, tight ends are, if you can't protect those guys, if you can't generate any blocking, both in run or pass protection, defensive linemen are going to get into that backfield. And I think Dexter Lawrence has the potential to, I think, get into that backfield a little bit if you're the Giants. But the Ravens' offensive linemen have something to say about that. Yeah, but don't forget, the Giants might have Leo Williams back. Now, if they get Leonard Williams back, I suspect he'll be on a pitch count. You know, he's coming off of that sprain MCL. But uh, you team him up with, with Dexter Lawrence, as good as Dexter Lawrence has been solo, Leonard Williams, you throw him into the mix. And, uh, you know, I hope the Ravens offensive lineman gets some sleep <laughs> the night before because those two are going to be a low to handle. Um, the Giants, you know, they, they, they've been able to push the pocket. Um, they've been able to get pressure. The sacks aren't there, you know, in droves yet, but they say sacks come in bunches. So again, if they can just move the quarterback off the spot, force some of the throws to come out of the hand early, much like they did last week against, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, they were forcing him to throw before he was ready. They were frustrating him a little bit. So I think if the Giants can do that, you know, and, and I'm sure Wink is going to throw some you know, stunts and twists and in, in there because this is what he does. 
uh, likes to create confusion. Sometimes you see that amoeba defense, which I'm sure you've seen from from when he was at with Baltimore, where guys are just standing around and you don't know is four, you know, are four coming, are three coming, or how many are dropping back. So Wink likes to do that, and he likes to play games, and it's just a chess match, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he attacks that Ravens offensive line. Yeah, and I, th- I think the familiarity of, of what the Ravens organization has with Don Martindale, what Don Martindale, the familiarity he has with the Ravens organization, that's what intrigues me so much because, like, which one of those is going to win out? How much have both teams changed? Obviously, this is not the Don Martindale of 2020, 2021, or 2021, 2022. This is a different Don Martindale, but it's also a different Ravens offense, a different Ravens defense. So it's it's funny to think about. But, Patricia, I want you to kind of go in the mind of Don Martindale. I talked about Mark Andrews. If you're the Giants, who do you think matches up on that defense? And I think they're obviously going to try to maybe put more than just one body on Mark Andrews at certain points in this game. But are there any players on the Giants that stick out to you as saying, hey, this guy could really be effective against Mark Andrews and trying to slow him down? I wonder if they're going to bracket him. I mean, they, they, they've had Jalen Smith at inside linebacker who has been a little bit better than what they've had as far as coverage goes. But I'm wondering if maybe uh, Xavier McKinney might draw that role. Um, There's also a possibility that Landon Collins, if he's ready, will be elevated to help with that. But I would say probably Xavier McKinney is going to be a guy to keep an eye on with Mark Andrews. Um, Yeah, but uh, you're right. He's a guy that can, you know, really break an offense uh, or I'm sorry, a defense. The Giants have had problems with covering tight ends in the past. Not so much so this year, but in the past. So, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a safety and it's going to, you know, maybe they play a lot of big nickel. I don't know, but uh, they're going to have to account for, for Mark Andrews and not let this guy slip into the soft spots into the coverage and make the plays that he's capable of making. Yeah, and I think when Mark Andrews does have those matchups where the defense is double cover, triple cover, which is very often, by the way, the, the defenses try everything they can to try to slow him down. I mentioned with the potential Rashad Bateman absence in this game. Everybody moves up and Devin DuVernay being that number one guy, it's going to be key for him to continue his trend, which is he he is everything I think the Ravens imagined when they decided to trade away Marquise Brown, not really address the position. Bateman is someone who does make an impact, but DuVernay has been a player that we see the growth from him. And so being able to go up against that giant secondary, which has been pretty good this year. The Giants secondary has impressed, I think, being able to find other contributors. Can Demarcus Robinson step up? James Prochet, guys like Tylen Wallace going up against those corners and safeties of the Giants. I think that's a key matchup to watch because this Ravens offense has turned into, I think, more of a passing offense this year, and they've seen success with it. But I think with maybe the lack of Bateman, we have to see other guys step up. We saw it a bit against Cincinnati, but it was really Mark Andrews and Devin DuVernay. So my matchup is can these Ravens receivers go up against those Giants corners and make an impact even without Rashad Bateman? Yeah, and you might not have a a Dory Jackson. We don't know if he's going to play. I think he's going to play, but he's nursing um, a knee injury and also he had a neck injury from the game against the Packers last week. So a Dory Jackson is their number one cornerback now with him when, when he went out of the game, and of course, I mentioned earlier, Aaron Robinson's on IR, the other starting cornerback, the Giants went with a combination of Justin Lane and Nick McLeod. Nick McLeod coming back from a hamstring strain. So the Giants, you know, give a lot of credit to Jerome Henderson, who's the defensive backs coach. He has coached these guys up, and they haven't missed a beat. 
but uh, they're really kind of thin back there. And um, I'm just hoping they don't have any more injuries because it's scary how thin they're becoming back there. Yeah, and it's it's almost the same thing with the Ravens wide receivers, where now a conversation has been sparked, multiple conversations about should the Ravens go out there and acquire DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson from Carolina just because if Devin Duvernay goes down and Bateman's already down, what do you have there? Guys have to keep moving up the ladder. And so with Bateman and Duvernay, you, you, you're kind of right there. But the injury situation, as we now know, Bateman left the game in a boot after week four, missed week five, week six. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so we'll see. So I think a DJ Moore could be a worthwhile investment. Obviously, DJ Moore, if he was acquired by Baltimore, wouldn't be playing in this one by any stretch of the imagination. But I think, Patricia, to, to round out the matchups, I think pass rush for Baltimore is super big going up against the Giants' offensive line. You have Andrew Thomas on that line, a couple other key guys as well. For the Ravens, their sack numbers have been, I'll say, inconsistent. They haven't gone above three sacks in a game this year. They've had three sacks in a game, then one sack, then three sacks, then what? So it's very up and down for them. But I think Adafi Owe, Jason Pierre-Paul, doesn't feel like Justin Hughes is going to play in this one based off of just Wednesday's injury report. We'll see, though. But for the Ravens, get pressure on Daniel Jones, maybe force him into a couple of bad throws that could result in interceptions for guys like Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters. The Ravens have been a very high turnover defense this year. Now losing Marcus Williams is a blow, but I think guys like Humphrey and Peters can carry the load till Williams comes back. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Jason Pierre-Paul. It's funny. I was writing about him earlier today, old friend Jason Pierre-Paul, who the previous Giants regime thought was done. And he went on to 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 uh, have a successful career with um, Tampa. And now he's with Baltimore, still a very good pass rusher. You know, I'm concerned about the, the Baltimore pass rush. I mean, you, you guys got a couple of good rushers on there. And uh, the Giants offensive line, the tackles have done a fairly good job. Andrew Thomas, the last two games, has pitched shutouts, not even a pressure. Um, Evan Neal is a rookie. I suspect he's going to get targeted a little bit more, but he'll all, probably also get some more help. The interior of the Giants offensive line, I got to admit, I'm still a little queasy about it because, you know, sometimes they're, most times they hold up, but, you know, if anything's going to break down, it's going to be that interior. So I'm just curious to see how offensive coordinator Mike Kafka allows to to maybe reinforce that interior so that the pressure's not coming through. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because with the talent Baltimore has there, they actually got some good news on Wednesday as both Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo returned to practice. Now, I wouldn't anticipate either of those guys playing. Ajabo is probably definitely not going to be ready. Ty John Harbaugh wouldn't rule out Tyus Bowser for Sunday I think I might rule out Tyus Bowser for Sunday, but you never know with yeah. these things. And I know for the Giants and that, that turf monster over there at MetLife, maybe some Ravens fans don't want him out there on Sunday against the Giants just to maybe save him. For, but it's, it's a ramp-up period. Baltimore's been very safe. You talk about Ronnie Stanley, too, who came back against the Bengals. He was on a pitch count plate. I think that was 22 snaps. Looked very good. But for the pass rush for Baltimore, Adafi Owe, Jason Pierre-Paul, those guys are going to have to step up and get consistent pressure on Daniel Jones if they want to be able to win this game. And coming up, we'll be talking about our predictions for this game, diving into who we think wins and wrapping up here on the show. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a ton to talk about here. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about prize picks. And fantasy has been a, a huge part of my life. And I do have many Saquon Barkley shares, which I'm very excited about this year. But going up against the Baltimore defense, we'll see how he performs in this game. But if you want to do something a little bit different here, 
daily fantasy. You have prize picks, and there are a ton of things that you love about prize picks, including multiple current entries you can have. Also, the format is super easy to navigate and play. And how it works is you can pick two to five players, and if they'll go score more or less in their prize picks rejection, you can up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA. You have MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, and more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada as well. So download the PricePix app. Go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match with $100 of promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to send a promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. We're back here, our final segment of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants. Kevin Ostrecker of Locked On Ravens still talking with Mr. Strader of Locked On Giants. And thank you so much again for making both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants your first listen of the day. Be sure to make your second listen. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Patricia, though, it's prediction time here on the show. <laughs> and we're, we're going to get into it. I think, again, we talked about it at the top of the show. It's a game that I think is going to be a lot closer than people anticipate. Even if you talked about before the year, Ravens-Giants, people are thinking, oh, this, this is going to be an easy Ravens win. I don't think it's that anymore. I'll give my predictions after you give yours, but how do you think this one goes? You know, I, I did a radio spot earlier today, and I said to the radio host, every time I have made a prediction when it comes to the Giants, they have done the opposite. So for my Giant fan listeners out there, I'm going to pick the Ravens. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Ravens. No, seriously. Um, I think it's going to be close. Um, Lamar Jackson does concern me. Uh, the injury situation, I, 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 as we record this, it's, it's, it's Wednesday, so it's still kind of early in the week. Um, still want to know a little bit more about who's going to be back, who's not. Um, I think it's going to be really close. I got to give the edge to the Ravens just slightly. Um, the Giants... Look, they got to get that passing offense in, in gear at, at some point. You know, you see signs of it, but they haven't really been as balanced as you'd like them to be, you know, statistically speaking. And I just think that the Ravens are going to hone in on Saquon Barkley, try to take him out. And there's only just so many times the Giants can figure out, you know, how to get him free. So I, I got to give the edge to the Ravens a little bit here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Ravens as well. And my reasoning is since the secondary has been able to settle in so much over these first couple of weeks here, week four and week five, after a pretty rough start to the year outside of week one, where they got torched by Tua in week two, they got torched by Mac Jones and the Patriots in week three. I've been very impressed with what they were able to do against Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And when you have a team that has Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and they're playing at all pro levels pretty much here, the loss of Marcus Williams does impact things. That is a very big loss for them. But I think they have the safety depth to be able to to keep the ship afloat, I'd say, until he's able to be back. But with how the Giants' pass offense has performed, I think that the Ravens' secondary can shut that down and, and keep it shut down, and that will in turn allow them to focus more on Saquon Barkley and the Giants' run game. On defense, for the Giants at least, talking about the Ravens' offense, 
I think it will be closer there than people do anticipate. I think Don Martindale's done a great job there, but you do have what I do call the Lamar Jackson effect, and you have one or two of those plays every game where you're like, how in the world did, did this happen? You know, whether that is a spectacular throw, a spectacular run, he has those. So I'm going to go Ravens 27, Giants 23. I think it will be a close game and maybe even closer than the box score indicates. But I do think the Ravens get up for this game against, I think, what is now a very formidable opponent there in that NFC East division, Patricia, that looks actually very, very good this year. Yeah. And, you know, I think I saw a stat. Isn't Lamar Jackson like undefeated against the NFC? Yes, 12-0. and Yeah. So I saw that. I mean, you know, this would be a great week for that streak to to end. But you know what? The Ravens defense, you know, I think they're they're up there in turnovers. If I'm not mistaken, they have a lot of I forget what the number is with interceptions, but they've been ball hawks there. So I'm a little concerned about the matchups there. I'm not so sure the Giants match up as well. But listen, that's why you line up and play the game. And and, uh, I've been wrong before this season. I hope I'm wrong again. Um, I'm kind of sticking with that George Costanza, you know, opposite world here, you know, where as I say one thing and the Giants do the other. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the reverse jinx. I, I've done many reverse jinxes before. And so it, <laughs> and I did funny. that all throughout. I did that all throughout 2011. I mean, <laughs> I was so superstitious. I kept picking the Giants to lose games, including in the Super Bowl, because I was like, OK, they're they're winning when I pick them to lose. So maybe there's a little tiny bit of superstition in there on my part. Oh, I, I am superstitious as well. I totally understand. It, it, it's it's tough to do it in the moment, but hey, then they get the win and you're like, yes, I contributed to this. Like It was my reverse jinx that did this. So it's interesting because you're right. The Ravens have been a very high turnover defense this year. Last year, they were in the bottom four, bottom five, bottom three, and a ton of turnover categories. They're already one interception away from tying their 2021 total. They have eight this year. They had nine all of last year. Now, Marcus Williams was a big part of that. And so his loss is going to be an interesting one to see how the Ravens navigate it. But I do think that Daniel Jones could make a couple of throws that maybe he'd want to have back, especially if the Ravens can get that pressure. And I think that could be the momentum shifter in this game where there's always that play or one or two plays where it clearly shifts the momentum one way or the other and can honestly change the entire outcome of a game. And I think with how close Patricia were both anticipating this one to be, whichever side gets that one play where you can say, all right, this is the play you point to, I think that'll honestly decide the game here. And it comes down to it, again, against the Giants team that has far surpassed expectations this year and look really, really good and are in the thick of the playoff run right now. Yeah, hard to believe. I mean, look, we knew it was going to be a rebuild year. And there's still several pieces away, the Giants are. But uh, Brian Dable has got this team playing. Uh, The coaching has made a big, big difference. You could see it, like I said, with the injuries. You could see it with with how they're handling adversity. Matter of fact, as as, how they're handling winning, just such a, a, it's like night and day. And, um, you know, I I think it's going to carry them far, but it's not going to be able to erase some of the the holes that they have on this roster, you know, at, at receiver, like I mentioned, defensive backs, specifically at cornerback. Um, they need some additional pieces, I think, to really, really push themselves into the conversation for playoffs. And one of those final matchups I'll give here, Patricia, John Harbaugh versus Brian Dable, the coaching matchup, the head coaching matchup. You have a veteran head coach in John Harbaugh, the rookie head coach in Brian Dable, but both very respected by their teams, it seems like. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, John Harbaugh's special teams background, Brian Dable with the offensive background. So it's going to be a nice little matchup. You mentioned, you know, Greg Roman would, would be the matchup with Wink Martindale. So just a lot of good matchups here, not just on the field, but on the sidelines as well. And um, the Giants, they, they've been starting off slow with their games. If they can start off quickly, I think, you know, they're going to give themselves a really good chance. You know, you don't want to have to keep playing catch up every week if you, if you don't have to. So I'd like to see the Giants start fast this week if they can. Yeah. And final question, Patricia, JPP looks great in Baltimore. Kevin Zeitler, same thing. Some of those former Giants. Now the Giants have a couple former Ravens over there right now. Tony Jefferson, beloved in Baltimore, someone who just embodies the city and obviously means so much still to, to the city and the organization. How's he looked? Some of the other Ravens too, maybe Tyree Phillips. How have those guys looked so far with the Giants? Yeah. So Tony Jefferson uh, played last week. Look pretty good. Um, right now he's dealing with, I believe, a foot injury. So I'm not sure what his status is going to be for Sunday. And don't forget Jihad Ward. Jihad Ward is also with this team too. He's been really underrated. I mean, Wink Martindale, I asked him Wink about him a few weeks ago. And Wink said, any place I am, I want Jihad Ward with me. They call him Hottie, I guess. I don't know if they called him Hottie when, when he was yeah. with the Ravens. But uh, they absolutely love him. And he's been a Johnny on the spot with the injuries, you know, first to uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and now with Aziz Ojulari. And really just as a, you know, a, as a third pass rusher he and, and, and as a run stopper, Jihad Ward has been a nice addition to this team. Tyree Phillips, they haven't really gotten into the, into the action yet. Um, he's kind of been a reserve guy. Uh, maybe contributing here and there on special teams, but you know, yeah, it's not surprising that Wink brought over some of his his guys from you know his days in Baltimore and and on that defense, and um, you know they they've stepped up, they've helped the other guys with learning the system and and playing faster, and it's just it's just been you know really successful so far. Yeah, Drew Wilkins, one of those coaches who went Drew from Wilkins. Baltimore to New York. So the Giants definitely have some former Ravens. The Ravens have some former Giants. There are revenge factors all over the place in this game mm -hmm. for both teams. And it's an exciting matchup for sure. Patricia, it's been great talking with you. I really appreciate you hopping on here with me. Again, a matchup that I think is going to be really good, really exciting, and, and a matchup between two good teams. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Patricia. Again, thank you so much also for tuning into this edition of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Giants here on Crossover Thursday. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into our final episode of the week on your respective show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.